Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Let's get it. Thursday afternoon, Cofield and Company. Cofield on the road with the UNLV basketball team. Stay tuned after CNC. 5.30 start to the pregame show. And then live from Clune Arena in Colorado Springs, it'll be UNLV taking on Air Force at 6 o'clock. You got Candy, Hill, Ari, Adams Family Edition, A-Team in today for Cofield and Company. Uh, Eric Eager is going to join us in a few minutes. He was, along with Adam, at the Raiders-Bengals game over the weekend. Eric from Pro Football Focus is going to talk to us about what he thinks should happen with the future of the Raiders. Golden Knights, more COVID troubles for VGK as they get ready for Montreal tonight. And are we going to have Major League Soccer in Vegas? Let's get to what's trending. It's trending at three. Presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Adam Hill holding it down at Silver Sevens. Adam, I know better on a week like this than to ask you, hey, Adam, how you doing, man? <laughs> like, I know that you're basically just one giant uh, mass of fingers attached to a keyboard, whether it's your phone keyboard, your laptop keyboard, trying to keep up with the Raiders and everything else that's going on. Yeah, and uh, to make things worse, or not worse, I would say better. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to complain at all, but I'm actually, there's a lot going on because it's, it's also heavyweight championship week in the UFC. That so is accurate. Get, yeah, getting ready to head down to Anaheim too. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a crazy week, man. It's nuts, but this is this is what we live for, right? This is fun. It is. That's listen, man. Cofield talks about it all the time. We talk about it too. You can talk about, oh well, is there, is there anything going on today? There's always something going on, but for right sure. now there is legitimately everything <laughs> going on, and so uh, I'll start where everybody else has started. Um, should I start singing Hail to the Victors? Adam, is is that is that appropriate? Um, do do we do we have the option as radio professionals to discuss anything other than the rumors of Jim Harbaugh coming to the Raiders? Bruce Feldman's story from yesterday said that Jim Harbaugh, according to sources inside the Michigan Athletic Department, would take the Raiders job if it were offered to him. Uh, Vic Tafer from the Athletic pushed back on the idea saying well, hold on a second. Uh, nobody in Vegas is actually talking about this. So where are we right now with Harbaugh? Well, I mean, it depends who you, who you believe, I suppose. Uh, it's either done or never going to happen. Uh, it's Perfect. either about to happen or, you know, not close. Uh -huh. Who knows what's going on here? But, yeah, I mean, that's obviously the uh, it's the elephant in the room. It's the story hanging over the rest of the of the search. And, and I would say part of the reason that, you know, the Raiders search, even though there's names popping up, like it seems less far along than the rest of the searches. I mean, if you if you follow all the other teams in the NFL that are looking for a coach or a GM, they are tweeting out like every couple of hours. Just finished our interview with this. Just finished our interview with this person. Um, we're getting all those updates. Not really happening here. And there's not even that much, you know, rumor floating around because I think everybody is just waiting to see, OK, is it Harbaugh or is there going to be a real search? And that's what we're kind of waiting on. So, and we're going to get into this a little bit more as the show goes on, um, but I think it's important for everybody to understand that this is how the Raiders operate all the time. Like, it's not a, a particularly forthcoming franchise publicly when it comes to these sorts of things, and, and we'll get into it with Adam 
as we go along here, the rumors of Jim Harbaugh, the continuing GM names that are being thrown out. We're not totally sure about interviews, but we know that there are general managers under consideration. Who is who is Mark Davis listening to? We're going to find that out a little bit more, discuss it as we go along. Um, Adam, I mentioned at the top, Golden Knights, I mean, we know what it's been like all year long for this team, right? Uh, whether it is actual injuries, COVID protocol, no team has had as much of its salary cap on the injured list or the COVID protocol at any given time as VGK. So if you want to make excuses, you can. Pete DeBoer is kind of at the point where he's tired of making excuses. And now, just when you get the good news of Max Pacioretty and Alec Martinez both being back at practice, down goes Mark Stone. I mean, that's just it's just what this year is. It's nuts. It's This year is legitimately crazy for the Golden Knights in terms of who's there, who's not, who's in, who's out. Uh, I I think, and you know, Pete DeBoer kind of made a, a a joke about it, but trust me, he wasn't joking. Where he said, you know, maybe this means that when you know the season matters at the end and the playoffs start, we're not going to have any of this to deal with. Maybe we're getting this all out of our system. I, I think it was a joke, but at the same time, it was maybe kind of speaking it into existence. Uh, I, I think that many people around that organization are just hoping that they are, you know paying any dues for this season early and that everything will be okay come the end of the year and i think that's what everybody's hoping for around that yeah mark stone goes into COVID 19 protocol uh he's there with nick haig nick haig of course was injured as well so uh be another one of those spin the wheel and see what line combinations pete DeBoer comes up with tonight uh it is good news though that max Pacioretty, uh with his injury alec martinez with his long-term uh, issues that he's been dealing with uh, back at practice, at least. Pete DeBoer said both those guys are just starting their process. They should be traveling with the team on the upcoming road trip, and maybe they will get them back at that point. Um, let's talk about something brighter and happier, Adam. Can we do that? Can we, no, can we no. talk sunshine? No, no we, we can't. can't. We can't. We can't? All no, right, because, give me something dark again. Okay, no, because I, I, I know what you're about to talk about, and I'm very excited about it, actually, so I do want to get into it. I, I just It's something one of those things that I'm going to forget, so I want to bring it up real quickly. Because we talk about these coaching searches going on and everything that's, you know, that's happening around the league, and this is exactly what, like, I'm glad is not happening here in Las Vegas, but also it is kind of fun to follow these things. I don't know if you saw earlier, there was the, the big report from a reporter I had never heard of, uh, but who, you know, clearly has some credentials he's verified on twitter he he put out there about a very tense meeting between the cardinals brain trust of of bidwell kingsbury and kime they it got ugly and nasty and the blank hit the fan according to a source and now ian rapaport says there was never a meeting according to sources hey it's the same as what's going on here adam <laughs> either it happens and it was awful or the three of them never got in the same room i love this though entirely it's, true both it's are very true. fascinating to me it's perfect. It's why nobody <laughs> trusts the fake news media, because these are the reports that are out there constantly. You know what? Here's a report we can trust, because there's been an actual statement from actual billionaires that this is going on. Adam, do we really have hope for an MLS team? It looks like something solid. It does, and let me let me say we trust it because it came from a very reputable media outlet in the Las Vegas Review. Oh, the Las Vegas Review Journal. Yes, it did come from there. Yes. Uh yeah, I mean, this look. Listen, short of announcing the formality of a team coming to Las Vegas in the MLS, this is about as rock solid as you can get. Basically, there's been 
an exclusive agreement entered into uh, where the potential, you know, prospective owners of an MLS franchise in Las Vegas, which, as you mentioned, billionaires who have a a business and sports portfolio that includes the Milwaukee Bucks and Aston Villa in the in the Premier League. Uh, so legitimate, you know, business owners here have entered an agreement to start to, you know, figure out where to build a stadium, where to build a practice facility, where to build all sorts of those sorts of things uh, in Las Vegas. I know we have had the report previously. Uh, Bill Foley kind of let the cat out of the bag that the plan was to build uh, an MLS stadium in the area of Allegiant, which would be more like Las Vegas and Warm Springs, kind of by that outlet mall for those that are on that side of town, uh, which would kind of be a, a, a you know, a facility that would include an MLS stadium and the train stop uh, for uh, the high-speed rail between here and Southern California that also one of the owners of this franchise would be a part of. So that would make a lot of sense. But yes, these things are in motion. The wheels are in motion. An agreement is signed to at least explore those things. And it looks like Las Vegas has jumped to the top of the you know MLS expansion list and wouldn't happen in 2023. I know that's kind of been said by the league it would be 2024 at the earliest but exciting on the horizon potentially for mls which i have wanted for a long time all i have to say about that stadium plan is don't f with my outlet mall that's my under armor store that's my nike store i don't want to have to fight all of you soccer hooligans to get down to my cheap deals for clothing i'm not trying to sound like cofield and finding discounts on everything here but I, I, that is easy access for me off the freeway to get to that outlet mall. Whoa, whoa, uh, hold on. I, I don't know if I want to fight all, all of you people going crazy wearing your scarves and drinking drinking your alcoholic beverages going to soccer games. Oh, I love it. Uh, hold on. Your outlet mall or my outlet mall, considering my longest tenured job in high school, was at that outlet mall? Whoa, 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 whoa. I love it. Where, where did you work, Adam? Reebok. Oh man, it was when it was an anchor store too. Now it's kind of outside on the front, but yeah, that we, that, that that Reebok store is one that I kind of like. I breeze through. I look to make sure that they didn't misprice something at like ninety percent off, and then I'm <laughs> like, I'm good, I'm good. Let's get over to Under Armour. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. When I was there, it was it was different. It was great customer service. Adam. I'm sure it was yeah. Nike. So now it's Nike versus Under Armour. It's Reebok versus Adidas. It's well over here in our world. It's versus Tafer. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. As far as Rick Passaccia is concerned, you go back and you talk to each one of those players. I mean, Rick Passaccia wrote handwritten notes to all those players. Look at what he took that team over in the midst of a storm and where they finished in the postseason. I think he has a lot of respect in that organization. He deserves an opportunity to get the head coaching job. But I do think relieving Mike Mayock is a mistake based on where the Las Vegas Raiders are right now. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. You think Jim Harbaugh is writing anybody handwritten notes in a hotel? Huh? huh? You think you think Gerard Mayo is pulling out the stationery to tell everybody how much he loves them? Tell him, Booger. You tell him. That man wrote notes. That man purchased stationery. 
and told every one of his players how he felt about them, Adam Hill. That's why Rich Passaccia should still be the coach of the Raiders. End of story. I mean, I can write notes. I couldn't coach. You can't write the kind of notes Rich Passaccia writes. I wouldn't. I'm capable of it. Uh, not with that kind of feeling. That's probably true. When's the last time you wrote anything like actual handwritten as opposed to on a keyboard? I mean, if anybody's seen my handwriting, it's it's embarrassing. So I try not to write anything handwritten, but I also don't have that kind of emotion. Like, I would immediately somebody would say, yeah, that's fake. This is true. Actually, yeah. this is entirely yeah. true. Well, emotions are running high. Let's see if I can get people to buy this. Emotions are running very high at The Athletic. Uh, the New York Bruce Times? Feldman. No, Bruce Feldman, college football reporter. And Vic Tafer, Raiders beat writer, are squaring off. Yes, Athletic New York Times, yes. all one family. Yeah. Okay. So Bruce Feldman reported earlier this week, and I said this uh, at least alluded to earlier, that his sources inside the Michigan Athletic Department indicate that Jim Harbaugh, if offered the Raiders job, would accept it. Now, there hasn't been an offer. We don't know if there's been an interview. We don't know if there has been... A handwritten note, perhaps, from Mark Davis to Jim Harbaugh. So we don't know. On the other end, there is a longtime Raiders beat writer, Vic Tafer, who wrote a column that said, let's pump the brakes on Harbaugh to the Raiders because this is all outside noise. It's all coming from outside the state of Nevada, outside the Raiders organization. But, of course, Adam, the other part of that is... The Raiders are a very closed organization. Sure. They don't do a lot in public. They don't tell you a lot. They don't put out the way the Giants have every candidate that they've interviewed. And if you're the Giants, you better put out every candidate you've interviewed because you need the credibility of actual real NFL people wanting that job. Uh, so, Adam, is Bruce Feldman lying to us? Oh, my God. Is Vic lying to us? Oh, who's lying to us? Someone has to be lying to us. Well, don't... I mean, I, I like the drama and the, the build-up of that. You should, because that's the whole point. Sure, but couldn't they both be right? What? I mean, the, the Feldman story is that if Jim Harbaugh was, was offered the job, he would accept it. Now, that's not coming from Harbaugh. It's coming from people around Harbaugh at Michigan. But that's the story. And the other side of it, coming from... Vic and, and the folks over at the New York Times say <laughs> it says slow down this is all coming from outside of the state of Nevada yeah true it's all coming from Michigan that's what Feldman's report said and so that's what I want to caution everybody on here it's all guessing we're just guessing right now okay there are some organizations like the Giants like the Vikings that are out there telling every person, yeah, here are the candidates. Here's who we're talking to. We have no idea who the Raiders are talking to. Okay, so don't get yourself all fired up about Jim Harbaugh. Don't get yourself all fired up about Gerard Mayo. Do get yourself fired up, though, about the possibility that you might get a handwritten note from Rich Passaccia telling you how much he appreciates you being a season ticket holder well, I don't, for the Raiders. I don't think I'm getting that's one. Next. I don't think I'm getting one. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. He spent a lot of time 
in that Marriott. And by the way, if I can't pick out a courtyard Marriott room <laughs> just by the desk, I don't know what I've been doing in this life. Um, but congratulations to all of the other candidates for this job for at least taking the time to interview. We don't know who they are. We don't know what the interviews have been like, but we know that they cannot write the kind of notes that Rich Passaccia would write. Um, you know what? We can't really quantify the power of a handwritten note, but we're going to try with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus because he, along with Adam, was at the Raiders-Bengals game over the weekend. Did he get a handwritten note? At the William Hill Race and Sportsbook, sign up for the mobile betting app and get $50 added to your account. This is a heavyweight bout right here. Two teams, very talented on both sides of the ball. Two elite quarterbacks, skilled position players all littered all over the field. Josh Allen might be the most special quarterback in the National Football League, both with his arm and using his legs. Man, he makes special things happen. So containing Josh Allen in the pocket, to me, is going to be paramount for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. I have to promise our next guest that we did not pick out that Damian Woody rejoin just to scare him as a Chiefs <laughs> fan. I left it up to Ari to choose the rejoin, and apparently he doesn't like our guest as much as we do. Uh, Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus, co-host of the PFF Forecast, uh, runs R&D for PFF, the unofficial mayor of Antigua, joining us here on Cofield & Company with Adam and Adam. Eric, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm disappointed I didn't get to see uh, Adam Hill when I was uh, at the Raiders game, but I got to say, even as a local Minnesotan, that weather got me. That zapped me. And so I didn't, I, I got to say, I didn't move much uh, during that, uh, the wild card game in, in the Cincinnati, uh, in the Cincinnati area. Yeah, well, I was I was hoping well, I was hoping to be in the press box at some point. We could, I could see. You. I actually did uh, get to check out the building. You guys have an unbelievable building up in in Cincinnati. It's awesome. I loved it. And uh, shout out to uh, Austin for uh, for hanging out a little bit on uh, on Friday night. That was a great time. Oh, Austin is uh, is the I, I gotta say, you know, I'm I'm a pretty fun time, but I think Austin's the best hang at PFF. So nice. uh, you, you certainly uh, didn't uh, you certainly didn't get cheated there. Very nice, very nice. Hopefully you can add I'm a fun time to the Twitter bio. I think that would be good for you, Eric. Uh, promote yourself a little bit. Um, we're going to get to the Raiders-Bengals game in just a moment, and I'm going to kind of start with something from the forecast, um, and I think it relates to both the Raiders and to that Bengals-Raiders uh, game. Uh, you made a comparison on the forecast with Jimmy Garoppolo comparing him to Ron Burgundy. Let me explain to the people for just a moment here. Um, saying about how Ron Burgundy will read anything that is on the teleprompter, and Derek Carr might not be that same kind of quarterback. Perhaps you could elaborate for the people a little bit on what you meant by that. Yeah, I think, you know, and, and let me preface this. I think especially before Henry Ruggs was out, I thought Derek Carr had a great year. Um, I thought he was really good last year, too. Uh, I thought he and Gruden did a really good job together. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, Carr is kind of firmly in that Tannehill, Carr, Garoppolo, uh, Cousins kind of cluster of guys. And I think most of the time he can be that top guy in that group. The, the interesting thing, though, is, you know, when you look at statistics surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo, 
he does some maddening things, but you come up for air, and that offense in San Francisco is efficient when he plays. His yards per attempt are great. His expected points add and all that stuff is, is pretty good. And I'm like, I'm watching the game. I'm like, what's the difference between him and, like, Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr? And I'm like, well, <laughs> Jimmy G throws what's called every time, no matter what. And, like, that's why he throws interceptions sometimes. That's why he misses a guy like Ayuk in, in a big part of the game. If, if Kyle calls it, he throws it. And I think the difference, you know, with a guy like Carr or especially Cousins is they, they opt for the check down a lot, right? They, they you know, they're not quite willing to throw what's called all the time. And I think that's why you look at the Raiders' offense, you look at the Vikings' offense, you look at even Tennessee's offense, although I think Tannehill's, uh, you know, earned my respect over the past couple of years. That's why you see those offenses aren't quite as efficient as what Kyle Shanahan's are, even though you look at Jimmy G, he's probably the least talented of that group. Yeah, I mean, you kind of got it to it there, but I think if you ask what's the difference between those guys, the difference is Shanahan, right? I mean, it's sticking to a script, but it's also having the script written by that guy. I agree, but I also, I, I think Gruden, and again, like, uh, you know, I don't know how, you know, it stinks because you, you can't really talk about him in, in positive terms, you know, as far as you know, he, he's not going to be able to come back and all this kind of stuff because of what he did and everything. But, like, I thought Gruden had called a good game, right? I think uh, he evolved the offense. You look at Carr, the last, like, three seasons, he's in that, like, upper sevens in terms of yards per attempt. And he did it different ways, right? Like, in 2019, it was kind of all dink and dunk stuff. His A-dot was low. Then they get Henry Ruggs, and it's, it's a high A-dot, and he accomplishes it that way. And then this year, obviously, a combination of both. And, you know, he was pretty gutsy, I think, at times this year without any receivers. But at the same time, that offense, you know, once Gruden came out, wasn't, you know, nearly as efficient for the most part. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Shanahan is that guy. But I also think, you know, it, it also just means trusting the offense, too. And, I mean, and that's probably chicken or egg. You know, does Garoppolo trust Shanahan because he's better? Probably. But also you have to trust it, too. And that's always something I've seen with, you know, Carr and Cousins, the guys who maybe aren't quite getting as much out of their talent as Jimmy G is, who, in my opinion, is getting more out of his talent than anybody because there isn't that much of it to go around. <laughs> Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus joining us here on Cofield and Company. Eric, you had a chance, obviously, at that Bengals-Raiders game to see this Raiders team with your own eyes. Uh, they come up a little bit short in that wild card game, and there's a lot of discussion here in Vegas after a 10-7 and season where they had multiple walk-off wins about is the next general manager slash head coach walking into a reload or a rebuild situation, what would you do with the Raiders if you were taking over? It's really hard, right? Because you look at that division, and you know, even though I think it's weird, and, and Damian Woody talks, talked about it when I was coming in, like the Chiefs are down a little bit, weirdly. Um, obviously, the Chargers are the Chargers, and so that's why they're not in the playoffs. Um, the Broncos are going to get a new head coach, and they're, they're fairly talented. It's it, the division's going to be hard, you know, and I don't know if a rebuild is exactly, you know, if a rebuild is, is necessary or not. I mean, Carr's probably good enough with a good roster to, to emerge as, you know, a team that can compete in that division. They've, they've done it over the last couple of years. But, you know, at the same time, like, the the time to build the roster around him was, was a couple of years ago after the Khalil Mack trade. They sort of squandered a lot of that. Um, so I, I'm, I don't know. I, it's a great question. I, you know, I think especially with the market probably being saturated with, you know, teams trying to trade guys like Garoppolo and Cousins and 
uh, you know, Rodgers possibly and, and Russell Wilson maybe uh, as well. Um, there might not be a great market for Carr, and he might be more valuable to the Raiders than he is to anybody else. And you know, I think if that's the case, uh, the next general manager and head coach just need to sort of uh, get creative in free agency, but also the draft. I know you just want to play your own team. You want to do it, you know, what's best for you. But how much do you look over your shoulder a little bit and say, okay, if Denver were to get an Aaron Rodgers, let's just say that, the next two years you're probably not winning anything. Like you have to be realistic. And then you you might start your rebuild earlier. I mean, I, I know you don't want to just play off what other teams in the division are doing, but shouldn't, you have to be realistic about this, right? Well, that, that's the thing, but I, I don't – you know, the hard part, and we've seen this a lot with, like, a team like the Jets, right, where, you know, the, the hard part about rebuilding is, like, you have to have a baseline level of competence so you can figure out about the players you have, right? Yeah. And so I think Carr – is weirdly, like, so I think about this, and it's a little different because the AFC West is down, but I sort of think about it at the Alex Smith with the Chiefs where, you know, the Chiefs weren't going to win anything with Alex Smith, but Alex Smith was good enough to find out that Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey were superstars, and, you know, Marcus Peters needed to go, and, like, all, like you build, a, like, a competent-ish team so you kind of know who stays and goes, and, you know, I think Carr's good enough there. The problem is that, of course, the opportunity cost is – wasting the years of a young quarterback's contract that you're wasting the opportunity cost of not acquiring a quarterback uh, to compete and, and sort of find out if he's any good. Because ultimately the reason the Raiders are looking up in the AFC West is because Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert are two of the, the brightest young stars in football. And, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers could, you know, could come in and be the, the third best quarterback in that division possibly. So it, it, that that's, that's the trick is like, you know, you could probably still win six or seven games with Carr, even in the division with the best-case scenario quarterbacks for all three of those teams. Um, but at the same time, again, you're, you're missing out on an opportunity to draft a quarterback. This draft full of quarterbacks, you know, not being necessarily brilliant in any, in any way, shape, or form, might make the answer for the Raiders. But um, that, again, is, is, remains to be seen. I, you know, there have been years like 2017 where we didn't think there were any good quarterbacks in the draft. Uh, and they're, you know, Watson and, and Mahomes were, were two good ones. So, uh, you know, it's a really good question for the Raiders moving forward. It probably depends upon the disposition of the coach and, and the uh, GM. And, of course, the name that has been hottest over the last couple of days is Jim Harbaugh uh, for the Raiders. Would he come from Michigan? Bruce Feldman says that he would. Those are his sources. Um, do we rely too much on Harbaugh's success in San Francisco at sort of a different time in the league? in saying that, of course, Harbaugh would be successful if he came back to the NFL because we've seen the track record? I think so. Um, cause he, well, I, it depends. I mean, I think, you know, we, he had Greg Roman as an OCU who still is having success in the league to a lesser extent now than he did back then. Um, you know, Michigan's playing in the Big Ten where if you look at college conferences, the Big Ten's the easiest conference to win in if you play a prehistoric sort of brand of football, and they certainly do for the most part. Um, so I do think it's a little bit overrated there. Um, but at the same time, like, he also doesn't call plays. So he would have the agency to, you know, pick up a play caller who is more of a modern play caller as well. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I think that that is probably what he'd do. I, you know, I have sources, you know, that, that think about even him to the Bears as well, uh, you know, sort of be the, the second trip to a team that he quarterbacked um, in, in a row. Um, but... It does. It does seem like a, an interesting proposition. I know Rich Bisaccia, you know, has the respect of, of the Raiders, uh, sort of uh, fans and, and also players. But 
you know, what do you guys? I, I, it doesn't seem like he's going to stick around, though. But what about the handwritten notes? We were talking about this earlier and saying <laughs> PFF loves its data. You can't quantify the value of handwritten notes to your players. Well, I'll bring this back. I mean, like Mike, uh, sorry, uh, Mike Tomlin is somebody who defies data seemingly every year. He's terrible at fourth down. He's not good at special. You know, like he, he, he does all these things wrong, and his teams win way more than expected every single year. There is some value, I think, in some of the in some of the being able to motivate guys type of situation. Um, I don't know. Like the problem is, is those guys are generally unicorns. If you try to you know, recreate Mike Tomlin in a lab, you're probably going to fail 99 times out of 100. So, you know, I, I think it was a great gesture by him. He seems like a wonderful person, and he's probably going to have a job in the league as long as he wants one. I just don't know if he's going to be head coach of the Raiders. Am I getting too pro young nerd? Because I think young nerd coaches are my obsession uh, at the moment. Uh, I want Mike McDaniel. Uh, maybe he's not ready. I don't know, but I'm 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 willing to say let's go. Yeah, I, I think it, it's weird, right? The, it's the nerd that it can also sort of relate to people, right? Like I saw his press conference yesterday. Um, Who? You know, Chip Kelly's a nerd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Chip Chip Kelly's a nerd, and uh, Chip Kelly's there I like a lot, but. You know, early on in his career with the Eagles, he wasn't able to quite relate to everybody, right? Especially, you know, there was the media and there was players of color who all kind of were like, you know, he, he didn't relate there. And so some of his, like, nerdiness and his genius didn't translate, right? I think that, uh, you know, I think the next you know group of these young guys are going to have to be able to do that. And he's demonstrated the ability to at least at least initially. Eric, you talk, obviously, on the forecast. Great podcast about uh, betting in the NFL with George Shahuri. And uh, I'm curious, how does your strategy, or how do you think the average person's strategy should evolve as we have less and less games? Every game becomes its own island game in terms of how those markets are going to set up. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would bet less on side and totals. I know, you know, it, it makes you, if you have the same betting volume, Per game, then your betting volume is going to go down during the playoffs. And I know that the impetus is to sort of say, okay, let's bet more on each individual game. Fact is, is like we know more about these teams now than we did in week one. So in theory, you should be betting less because the market uh, has sort of incorporated all that information. You have less of an edge. To me, I would bet, you know, more like prop, you know, in the prop markets. And we have PFF.com have a prop tool that you can go through. Um, you know, a, a lot of these books now are offering same game parlays and things like that. Is that you know, I not a, a lot of them care, you know have a lot of holes, but there are actually some at some sports books that are mispriced, and so you're know, searching for that kind of stuff. To me, that's that's kind of where you have to go in the postseason, just because you know the, the sides and totals. Again, you're basically flipping a coin, um, and, and so if you you know triple your bet size to correspond to there being a third as many games or whatever, uh, you you might you might lose more than you think. Eric, uh, let's wrap up with this. We know you're a Kansas City fan. Um, we're getting kind of a de facto AFC championship game here in the divisional round. Uh, what is your level of confidence in, in the Chiefs uh, at this point of what has been at least seemingly an up-and-down season? Yeah, it's not the highest, I will say. I mean, I, you know, um, Pat, you know, is, is Patrick Mahomes is so good. And, like, when Andy Reid... Yeah, I joke, but like when Andy Reid calls the good plays, I don't think there's really anybody better. Um, but I think if the Bills play a, a perf- if the Bills play their brand of football well, 
it's hard to beat them. You know, Josh Allen is amazing at so many things, and that defense, uh, you know, it does a like the Chiefs uh, this year. Uh, ha- throw, they throw to the least contested targets in football. Um, the Buffalo Bills, even without Tre'Davious White, are a top five team in contesting targets, right? And we see, you know, uh, you know, when you add contested targets to, to things, you get more variance. And that, you know, uh, Justin Herbert was a guy who threw a lot to contested targets, and we all wonder why he didn't make the playoffs. Well, it's because they add noise to every single game. Um, you know, so there, there's going to be a strength on strength there. I think, you know, the Chiefs, the best you can expect from their defense is to play sort of an expected game, make the tackles in front of you, intercept the balls that are tipped, tipped uh, get pressure on the quarterback when he hangs on to the ball too long. I don't think you can expect brilliance from them. I do think Buffalo's defense has brilliance in them, even against a team like Kansas City, which we saw with the four turnovers, three on defense. Uh, in the in the week five matchup, so I've been saying this all week. I think if Buffalo and Kansas City both play their best game, Buffalo wins. I think if both of them play their average game, I think Kansas City wins. That and so I'm not the co- most confident in the world, and I, I agree with you. I I, I do think um, this is the this is ultimately the AFC representative and Super Bowl, the team that comes out of this game. Eric, you mentioned the uh, the props tool at PFF. Where else uh, can people find your work and the good stuff that you guys are doing at Pro Football Focus? Yeah, PFF.com. We have two uh, subscription types. We're eventually going to have, I think, uh, you know, a little bit more offerings there uh, as the offseason comes on. We have you know, free agency rankings. We have free agent contract projections. We have a mock draft simulator. We have uh, you know, all this kind of great content. You know, unfortunately, you know, it was fun to watch the Raiders in the playoffs now that they're out. Uh, as a fan of the team, you can still sort of follow uh, them from a draft and free agency standpoint. No one, I, I don't think anybody does it better than we do at PFF uh, in the offseason. So, if you're a Raiders fan, go uh, and check a little bit of that out. You can make trades in the mock draft simulator as well. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and, and, you know, I'm on Twitter at PFF underscore Eric. Always appreciate you being generous with your time, man. Uh, best of luck to your boys in Kansas City this weekend. Thank you, Adam. Have a, have a good one, guys. Thank you. Also, and I'll, uh, I'll also add to that, and he, he mentioned a bunch of the stuff they have up. They just put up an article about maybe like the top free agent target potentially for each team around the league. Fun stuff. It's very early in the process, but it's never too early to take a look at that. That was a very fun article they had up today. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's 12 months a year. We know that about the NFL. And uh, for, for Raiders fans, I mean, sorry, this is what you got right now. It's time to look at free agency and the drafts, and maybe a new coach and GM will give you more to look at. The former coach is in the news. The NFL has had some things to say. What does Xavier Pope think about the John Gruden lawsuit? Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. I just feel like, again, we have a group of guys that learned how to care about each other, learned how to come to work and improve, and learned how to compete relentlessly, you know, to the end. And Again, it's a credit to them and and, uh, what they decided to do a while back, and they put themselves in position to do it. Back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. Let's never forget the challenge that Rich Passaccia took on with this Raiders team. Uh, Filling in for John Gruden, then guiding them through the rug situation, and then getting them through essentially four must-win games at the end of the year just to get to the playoffs. Whether Rich Passaccia gets the permanent job or not, You heard him there talking about the Raiders overcoming adversity after the playoff loss to Cincinnati. We need to remember just what Rich Passaccia accomplished in that time. Adam Hill, Adam Candy, 
here on Cofield and Company. Cofield in Colorado Springs getting ready for UNLV against Air Force. Pre-game starts at 5.30 right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Tip-off at 6. Uh, Adams down at Silver 7s. Okay, here's what you need to know. Happy hour is underway. Daily happy hour starts at 3. Beers, well drinks, margaritas, all just 277. During the Golden Knights game, which gets started at 7 o'clock tonight, 77 cent. Bud Light, Bud, and Mick Ultra bottles. Great deal down at Silver 7s. Our man Xavier Pope joins us on Thursday afternoons to talk about the latest and greatest throughout the legal side of sports, among other things. Uh, find him at Suit Up News as well. Xavier, what's happening, man? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Oh, uh, we are we are surviving. I'm speaking for Adam there as he tries to get through everything happening with the uh, the Raiders coaching situation. <laughs> you know, we haven't spent a lot of time, Xavier, talking about uh, John Gruden and his lawsuit over the emails that ultimately uh, led to his whether you want to call it uh, resignation, dismissal, whatever the case might be. But uh, the NFL, as expected, responded to the lawsuit filed here in Nevada, saying that it did not leak the emails it would be contrary to its best interests uh did you see anything interesting in what uh, the nfl filed or the news that came out of that <laughs> just like i think about this case the nfl said that gruden's claims are baseless and should be dismissed for failure to state a single viable cause of action i said this on this program when it was first filed that John Gruden doesn't have a case. Um, he, 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 tortious interference with contract. Uh, the, there was no agreement with John Gruden as to what emails to release or not to release. Um, and it, it, this, it, even in John Gruden's complaint, openly says that John Gruden said what he said. Uh, he doesn't dispute what was being said. Uh, there's no claim here. Uh, there's 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 if he didn't make this stuff up uh, if there was no agreement between Gruden and the National Football League or in in any way shape or form and how the distribution of those emails could be sent out he has, he has no he has no lawsuit and it why is Gruden complaining he already entered into a private agreement of, I, I don't know how much of the hundred hundred million dollars that he received um, but the Raiders owner already said that they reached a settlement with him um, over the last six years of his contract. So um, the man probably walks away, you know, probably 60, 70 million dollars. And he doesn't have a, a claim versus the National Football League. Um, I think this is the end of the road for him. But um, I think this is John Gruden more so saving face because this may lead to him never coaching in games in the National Football League ever again. Now, when I read through both Gruden's suit and the the answer from the NFL yesterday, one of the things that really struck me is the NFL claim that truth is an ultimate defense uh, for this cause of action. I've always heard that about slander. Like, you can't be slanderous if you actually are telling the truth. Is that true in this yeah. case? If it's true, if it's true, there's no such thing as interference. That's what the NFL is claiming. Yeah, uh, the tortious interference with the contract isn't the same thing as what a uh, a defamation suit would be. Um, but uh, the NFL, the tortious interference element of it, uh, like I just mentioned earlier, the NFL had no obligation 
to protect those emails. Um, and the NFL releasing those emails, John Gruden would have to show a direct line between the emails themselves and what was on record and the NFL taking substantial actions to be able to use those emails to be able to ensure that John Gruden's contract was interfered with. I doubt if we find that, but it would be great because we'll be able to find out what's in that Washington football team's investigation that the NFL refuses to release that potentially includes information about Colin Kaepernick. That would be interesting to hear and also some of the other things that are going on with the National Football League and how they how they handled the, the Washington football team's owners getting a uh, Dan Snyder getting a break in terms of financing in terms of uh, becoming uh, getting all the shares of that team that's the juicy part sure and maybe John Gruden feels like that's the way to get back in the National Football League is to cause them um, some sort of damages in terms of their their reputation in some form of discovery that comes out but. That's as far as it gets in terms of the, the 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 viability of him on the legal front. So I was wondering, Xavier, have you ever broken a vacuum? Uh, I have not broken a vacuum, okay. but I've had a few claw that I've probably banged on a wall somewhere to get the dust out. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that is the claim from Willie Gay, a linebacker uh, for, the, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he says he was arrested last night after breaking the linebacker of his baby mama. Uh, who knows what the actual you know, claim here is? Who knows what's going to come out eventually? But right now, that's what we're dealing with. What, I guess, what are your thoughts when you hear that that was what somebody was arrested for and, hey, there's nothing to see here? Yeah, I'm never going to say it's nothing to see when it comes to violence associated with a, with a woman, especially for a woman, and there's a small child. I mean, there's... Um, no reason to be breaking. What, what is it? It was, it was not just a vacuum cleaner. It was a cell phone. There was a couple other things. Um, and uh, he wasn't in practice uh, earlier today with the Chiefs. Um, you you have this coming in front of a, a, an important playoff game. Um, it's a distraction for the team. Um, but uh, there's also an emergency uh, restraining order hearing potentially could be brought against him whether the NFL decides to act in, in that state or whether the team decides to do something that remains to be seen. Um, so it's pretty early. We don't know every piece of information other than the damage of property, but it doesn't appear as if there was any physical harm that he caused her or the child. Xavier Pope joins us here on Cofield & Company. Uh, you tweeted about this earlier, and I thought it was one of the more interesting stories of the day we don't talk a ton of east coast college basketball but kevin ollie's uh claims against uconn have been settled 11 million dollars what happened here kevin ollie is going to uh be due 11 million dollars in the next 10 days from uconn that was a big thing 10 business days pay up uh well, we know about uh, what happened with university uh connecticut's basketball program they had um, they had the, some self-imposed sanctions before they were with the national. Uh, sorry, with uh, with NCAA, and part of that was uh, Kevin Ali. Uh, any university that would hire him within three years would have to show cause why they shouldn't be sanctioned for hiring him. Right now, he's he's uh, pretty much on the you know the AAU type circuit uh, coaching uh, element of it. Um, and what the problem was is they jumped the gun in terms of firing him. They fired him before 
before the NCAA's ruling came out. And their, Connecticut's contention is, well, we couldn't wait and keep them there for a year uh, until the investigation played out. Well, guess what? That would give you the cause to fire him and say there's a cause since you don't pay him. So that means that your decision to fire him is arbitrary, and that's why he gets the 11 million bucks. Really not smart lawyering by University of Connecticut. I mean, <laughs> they have a whole compliance compartment. They have all these uh, different individuals that are responsible for running the athletics department, and they were they didn't have the foresight to think this is how we save money. It's just to wait, pay them out for another year. The UCAA report comes out, and boom, then we then we make sure we don't pay them. So. Um, Really, it's more procedural and more mistakes that, that that the university made from a business and a legal standpoint. Kind of the, the very needling to the the, the fine tune parts of how a contract is done and the relationship between um, Kevin Ollie and the school. But eleven million dollars, they got to pay up ten business days. Xavier, I'm trying to bl- I'm drawing a blank who it was. Somebody really famous uh, retweeted you the other day. Really famous. It happens every day, dude. Okay, I know. <laughs> I, I mean, you 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 posted it up, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome." I, I, I'm not. I can't remember. I'm who your follows right favorite follow, dude. That's that's very fair. I like it. I, no, favorite I, follows I, favorite follow. That's me. I like that. I like that you can't remember because we still are living on the fact that Kevin Arnold uh, from Wonder Years, the original Wonder Years, way back when. Uh, followed and retweeted me one day. That was like the highlight of the show. Oh, for it was like Ben month. Stiller. Yes, it was. You're right. It was ben hey. Was it ben yeah. Oh, just Ben, ben Stiller, Stiller every day just retweeting ben me. Stiller. That's awesome. <laughs> that's very cool. No, okay, do you still, is there anybody still that they'll, they'll retweet you and be like, oh, that's very cool? No. No. It's kind of, I'm just so, it's so I, I'm so used to it. That A-list celebrities are retweeting me every day. I think that why that's why I say I'm your followers' favorite follow is because they know that on the at Xavier Pope feed there's going to be information that they could use. I'm on top of the news when it happens. I know a lot about a lot of different subjects, and um, I just think that I'm a positive dude on the on on the on that platform and, and sharing information. And plus, suit up news is some some of the best. Uh, that's going to get out there on politics, sports, and trending topics that matter. And some of them even jump in my DMs and ask me questions about any things they have. So your favorite followers, are, they're not just retweeting me. They're jumping in my DMs and say, X, what do you think about this? And they also ask me to share things. Like, hey, could you share this? More people might be aware because it's on your page than it is on mine. Wow. 38,443 followers and growing including every ben, single ben day. Stiller. And, and if, every if Ben Stiller... Day. If Ben Stiller slides in the DMs, tell him uh, something about Mary still to this day in my top three. <laughs> All right, I'll make sure to pass along a message uh, um, yeah. when Ben hits me back. Yeah, exactly. Xavier Pope, uh, host of Suit Up News. Always a good time, man. Great spot. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Yes, sir. You too. The football frenzy starts in just a moment with Mike McCarthy proven NFL winner and don't you try to tell him otherwise daily happy hour starts at three with beers well drinks and margaritas just 277